0: Hello and welcome back to Cheap Seats, our sports podcast here out of Dragon Broadcasting. And today I am joined by a special group. I have my co-host here with me, Derek Dungan. How's it going? I have Blaze Lauer, quarterback for the Lake Orion Dragons. Blaze, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
0: And Adam Schrader, how are we doing? Good. Thank you. Very good to hear. Now today, a lot of NFL news, and that is going to dominate the discussion here on Cheap Seats today.
2: Immediately... First impressions of the wild-card games, guys. What are we thinking? I think they were probably maybe one of the most entertaining series of games I've ever seen, maybe ever, a wild-card weekend. Obviously, you yeah, had the Patriots going down to Titans in Foxborough. I think that's a very impressive win for the Titans. Also, and then you, you saw the overtime game with uh, and how that played out. I think for the Bills and both um, – sorry, the Bills and the uh, Texans, I thought that was a really interesting game.
0: Yeah, so starting right here on the Texans – winning on a late field goal um, in NRG Stadium against the Bills, 22-19. to The Bills this close to winning their first playoff game in 25 years. Bills Mafia, obviously a very devoted fan base, and if any fan base outside of Detroit deserved a playoff win, it might have been Buffalo.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, they have a core where this is a good building block, and they can come back next year and do it again if they get some more weapons for Josh Allen on the uh, – Offensive side of the ball, I think they can be very uh, dangerous.
0: Yeah, and we see this formula kind of being used by a lot of the teams, this formula, template, whatever you want to call it, with a young quarterback on his rookie deal and using that to kind of utilize the rest of the salary cap these teams have to build up, like you're talking about, the weapons around these young quarterbacks with a Josh Allen, with a Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens. This formula is something that we see is kind of revolutionizing the NFL and how they set up their teams with the salary cap. And then going into the other game, obviously, the Patriots, the dynasty that has been going on forever. I know Blaze, very big Patriots fan over there. What mm-hmm. do you think about this dynasty? Dynasty over. Is it done? Is Tom Brady coming back next year? What is going on in New England?
1: Um, you know, I don't think the dynasty's over. I mean, I, th- I feel like we've seen the last of Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought that okay. two years ago, okay. but then, you know, here we go, two in a row after that. But um, I do think he comes back. You know, I, don't, I can't really see him playing anywhere else unless he's, like, going for money, which I don't think he would do because we've seen him take pay cuts before and all that. But, you know, I, I, they'll still be good. I just think it'll be, like, a slow decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the dynasty will really be over when uh, Belichick leaves, whenever yeah. that'll be.
3: I heard uh, I heard some speculation um, that people were thinking that maybe the Patriots are thinking about maybe taking Tua. But in my opinion, no. Oh uh, I think it was a hip injury. I believe that he yep. had. A hip injury injuries, is a hip yeah. injury. Like uh-huh. you can't downplay. You know, as they were playing. You know, he looks fine. You know, you know it's a. It's gonna come back, and regardless if he's playing in the NFL, it's gonna hurt him again. And I don't know if the Patriots really want to take that type of sacrifice to get him. If um, Tom Brady is gonna be, you know, be replaced or going to retirement.
0: Yeah, and you look at the Titans coming out with a huge win. Like you said, Adam, in Foxborough, which is a huge accomplishment in itself, the 20-13 to 13 win behind Derek Henry, the man-child, 7'3", 320 pounds. Not really, but he seems <laughs> like that when he runs. He runs like a truck. <laughs> behind his 34 carries for 182 yards and a touchdown, the Titans relied on Henry, and the Patriots got a heavy dosage of him what was it like watching him play in the season he's having as the NFL rushing leader in
2: that game? Uh, I feel like this is what the Titans needed in order to win because I think if you look back at where the Titans' success was in the early and mid-2000s, they had Chris Johnson and maybe even the early 90s, Eddie George. So I think they rely on a strong running game. And then with Mike Vrabel at the helm, they also can have a strong defense, which propels them to almost control the game and like physically drain you out, which I think is what they did in Foxborough and. Patriots and they didn't allow them to play the Patriots game which is almost like keep you on your heels with like their play calling on offense and then allowing them to control you on defense so I think they almost just controlled the game better than Patriots did.
0: Yeah that's a good point now obviously we have the Texans moving on the Texans did not look stellar but one bright point for the Texans was a return of all-star and three-time defensive player of the year J.J. Watt getting in there on the pass rush. And I will say that JJ did not make every single play. But what do you expect out of a guy coming back from a pectoral surgery that was supposed to be, he was still supposed to be in rehab for months from now. But he comes back into NRG Stadium, injects life into that place. That place was going nuts. And now, like I said, he didn't make every single play, but the plays that Watt made were impact plays. A big sack on third down, rushing the passer, a pass deflection. That place was electric. What do you think the impact of having such a prominent face in that city is
1: coming into a playoff game like that. I think you already saw it at the end of that game. I don't know if you watched or not, but it was pretty much oh yeah. like what bad play is Josh Allen going to do next? And I think it's yeah. probably part of J.J. Watt being back around that defense and forcing him to do things he's not used to doing. Like, you know, that, that pitch back he tried to do while being tackled that went out of bounds. That was almost a fumble. He was throwing bad Almost interceptions, it was just a rough all over. I mean, the Texans, they were lucky to come back, you know, after that. So, I don't know. Yeah, it
0: was definitely, and the way the commentators painted it as well, it was Josh Allen's lack of playoff experience. And do we think that came to kind of bite him in the butt here in the Bills? Um, Obviously, a young quarterback like that, it's tough being in that kind of situation in a hostile environment. To pull out a win right there, that would have been, you know, very impressive for him, obviously. Now, moving over to the NFC. Overtime upset alert from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Saints, the line for the Saints when it opened up was absolutely ridiculous. People were picking them to absolutely buzzsaw the Vikings, but that NFC North is competitive this year, man, and those Vikings come out with a 26-20 overtime thriller against Drew Brees and the Saints. They made Drew Brees look almost incompetent as a quarterback and that's very unlikely for Drew Brees who is a great leader of men and even a better quarterback in the league so what does that say for the Vikings looking forward and how they have to be consistently come out like this what can they do in the next round of the playoffs? Um, I
2: think they can just personally come out and play the exact same way of football that they just did because I think with us and a lot of people we're picking the Saints to almost come out as champions of the NFC and yeah the way the Vikings came in to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and I think, like you said before, thoroughly shut down Drew Brees and allowed them to play their game, which allowed to open up Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook to uh, obviously get involved and to help them win.
0: Yeah, agreed. But like you said, that Minnesota defense was absolutely stifling, and that was something that stood out in that game. But the best storyline for me was Kirk Cousins, MSU alum, leading a nine-play, 75-yard drive in overtime to seal his first playoff win and now we talk about primetime kirk and he has taken a lot of heat over the years for not winning in primetime situations or not coming up clutch when the game required it but now you see uh, kyle rudolph coming off the field and kind of poking jokes at the people who made fun of kirk because kirk won a big one kirk won a really big one down in new orleans now moving on playing the divisional round opponent in the San Francisco 49ers. Talk about a good defense, a defense that may have not been the most consistent now as of late, but a defense that is tough to play against. What does it look like, and what is the matchup for you? With Kirk Cousins, you have Stefan Diggs, you have Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, that very proficient passing attack going up into this 49ers defense in the next round.
3: They'll definitely uh, be struggling there, to be honest. Um, uh, you know... I feel like, you know, the 49ers uh, were kind of a surprise this year to everybody. You know, they started off pretty strong. Um, You know, sure they had a couple losses. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you're going to see that after a team, you know, didn't play very well for a a while and come back, you know, and play as well as they did this year. I feel like they're going to be well prepared um, going into into this game against Minnesota. But I also think that Kirk Cousins is also going to be, you know, studying that film, getting used to, you know, uh, the, the defensive lineup and how what coverage they use and I feel like you know whatever it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to watch you know both the the Minnesota offense and the 49er defense go against each other and you know um, my opinion I hope you know the 49ers end up coming away with the win I just just how I am you know I just kind of figured you know it's nice to see the 49ers in there but also on the other side you know I like to see Kirk Cousins you know get farther you know
0: yeah that's perfect then um Now, with Dalvin Cook back in the mix for the Vikings, he is the threat on the rushing attack that really balances out that offense. We talk about that proficient passing offense. But when Dalvin Cook is in the game, that's something that defenses have to consider. So going in against the 49ers, and obviously you talked about Kirk watching film and doing that preparation. Now, obviously the 49ers have had an extra week. They've had this bye week to do a lot of, you know, maybe before they w- didn't know who was going to come out of the round, but they've done studying probably more so on the, state, uh, the Saints than the Vikings. But now they've had a lot of time to rest up and get a couple key components of that defense back and healthy and really um, in top shape. So that's going to be an interesting game. Um, my personal favorite game watching these wild, cards ga- wild card games was the Seahawks win on the road in Philly, taking down the Eagles 17-9 to in a low scorer. Um, something that we usually don't see out of Russell, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks with that offense and his ability to make plays with his feet and with um, you know the passing attack. But someone that shined in that game was a Seahawks rookie, D.K. Metcalf, who we saw at the Combine put up these absolutely insane numbers, the 40-yard dash, the bench press. I mean, you just look at the pictures of this guy, and he is menacing. But the Seahawks pick him up. He drops to the second round. Late in the second round, the Seahawks stole him. They absolutely stole him. So mm-hmm. D.K. Metcalf out of Old Miss, seven catches for 160 yards and a 34-yard reception, and he waves goodbye to the Eagles fans in Philly. Now that is something you wonder, is that too much confidence out of the rookie, or is this just D.K. getting started?
2: Uh, no, I personally think this is D.K. getting started. I know you mentioned uh, earlier, Kobe, that like all the teams now, they're – getting a young quarterback and they're building off of him with talent and i believe that the seahawks last year although they've won they haven't really had the weapons besides russell wilson i think now and this is the start i think dk dk is a man dk is just i think he can go and compete with any corner one-on-one with the right training and development i believe if they still also surround dk with maybe a couple other maybe another elite top wide receiver and maybe if they can get a young running back i know they have chris carson yep and also, they brought back Marshawn Lynch, yep. but I believe they, if they can get someone who can really be like a force on the running game, like a Derrick Henry, then they could have again a top offense with some good pieces on defense and really be a, another contender again.
0: Yeah, so that's something that DK has a huge impact on is opening up these other people on his offense. So obviously, you have Tyler Lockett, which is the other yes. big-time receiver for the, uh, the Seahawks right now, yep. and then coming in at, um, you know, rounding out the rest of their offense there really is a good passing attack with Metcalf, Lockett, and then the tight end, Jacob Hollister, who's expected to get a lot more targets this week now that the attention might be drawn away from him to Metcalf. And you talk about that game and the way that game was looking, the Eagles were never out of it. They were absolutely never out of it. I really thought, and I believe the Eagles should have come out with that win. Obviously, they're banged up, and one thing you have to look at is the Eagles quarterback, Carson Wentz, who is slammed to the ground and concussed. I believe it was Jadavion Clowney. Yep. Comes in, no flag on the play, which is a very... Very uh, soft, uh, very uh, bad topic for some of those Seahawks. Or, or Real B- time, it doesn't look as bad as it. Real time, seems. no. Slowed down, it looked brutal. Yeah. It really did look bad. But coming in to relieve Wentz is 40-year-old Joshua McCown, who took mm-hmm. a couple questionable sacks, but actually this stat line I was very surprised by. Josh McCown, all right, 40 years old, first playoff game ever. Very emotional at the game, by the way. 174 passing yards and a passer rating of 94.8. How? I mean. For him to be a backup for this, he actually went and retired and went to ESPN. was working with ESPN. I think came he coached his, uh, son's high school football. And yes, so season. he's been away for the league. For him to come back at 40 years old and play in his first ever playoff game, you saw the emotions on his face after the game. For him to be in that game and be so composed as he was, obviously there was some rust and he's not the best quarterback in the world that we've seen him play. But that, for me, between that and seeing Marshawn score that red zone touchdown, those were two moments that I absolutely loved to see. Um, but I mean, do you guys agree with me? Like, Philly should have. I feel like Philly should have won that game. It seriously was right there for the taking.
1: Yeah, I know the whole season, everybody talked about how the NFC, uh, is it the East? east? Yeah. How they're so bad and all the teams are terrible. Terrible. But you know, it's still a playoff brings a different football, like energy. You know, they try different plays and all this because you got to win. So um, I actually saw an interesting thing today about McCown. He actually played the whole second half with a torn hamstring. Did he really? Yeah. He's playing with a torn hamstring. Yeah, I just saw that today. So you know that was interesting. But I do remember him a few years ago when he was ever on, whenever he was on the Jets. And um, I think Robbie Anderson was like a rookie, and yep. you know, he, he was still out there slinging it around. So he still has hit him. you know. Of it was just a, it was a good game. I don't know if the Seahawks uh, will have the same outcome this weekend going to Lambeau. Oh, that's yeah. a lot different. So yeah,
0: going right into that, but. You talk about a stats, like a weird stat that you saw right there we're talking about the hamstring. A stat that I saw, and this I thought was very interesting, is that the Packers have the worst long ball defense in the league. Now this is talking about 20-plus yard receptions. They have the worst defense in the league. Now the Seahawks have one of the most proficient long ball offenses in the league. We already touched on Tyler Lockett, obviously the straight ahead speed of DK Metcalf, and then you have this third target in Jacob Hollister that is expected to get a lot more targets than receptions. That could be a problem for the Packers, and they obviously know it because um, you know, it's one of their softer points all season. But do you think that will be a big factor, especially with Russ? You see when he takes pressure and he gets out on the edge and makes you know a lot of these plays that are not designed. Do you think this is going to be a problem for the Packers and Lambeau, or how do you see this playing out?
1: Actually, just what you were just saying about Russell Wilson be able to uh, escape the pocket and create space for his receivers. Um, and if the Packers are going to hopefully focus on their deep past defense, then that should yeah. probably open up more uh, underneath stuff Exactly for people like Hollister, uh, the running backs coming out of the backfield. I know they have a rookie. I forget his last name. Um, but, you know, they, their offense is probably not going to be as deep as, you know, yeah. as it has been in the past. Change
0: their style is yeah. according to where mm-hmm. the Packers might overcompensate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, and this is where we're weak, but maybe we should change and, you know, get away from that. Now, looking ahead from the players and the games – Outside of this playoff picture now, there's a lot of moving pieces in the national football organization. And one of the most notable ones is Mike McCarthy, coach of the Packers. Now, you have to kind of look back and say, now that Mike McCarthy is gone, he's not going to be the coach of the Cowboys, but the Packers are hosting a playoff game now without their head coach that's been there for
1: you know however long. Actually he hasn't been their head coach this season. It's actually um LaFleur.
0: Has it actually yeah.
1: stand corrected? But without Mike McCarthy, and you head
0: over to Dallas, that is a huge jump for him. After 12 years and a Super Bowl win at Green Bay, is he going to be able to cultivate young talent in uh, Prescott, in the Zeke Elliott in Dallas, and constantly be managed by Jerry Jones, which we see is a problem because Jerry Jones has this very unique media presence, and the way that he says things is very condescending to a head coach, to a manager, whatever. It can be very difficult, I think, to work under him. How do you think McCarthy goes into Dallas?
2: Uh, I personally think that uh, he'll succeed because I think overall his his resume and what he did at Green Bay I think uh, speaks for itself and I believe that um, having Jerry um, I know like you said before he does get sometimes riled up with the media and he does maybe sometimes throw his coach under the bus but yeah. I think just him Jerry Jones talking to the media in general puts some weight off of um, off his uh, Mike McCarthy's shoulders because. Okay. He doesn't have to uh, really deal with the media anymore, so I believe that um, allows him to be more internal and get to just focus on his team uh, more. And I believe that he has already has the weapons like made there in Dallas to be a contender because you have a core on offense for Dallas, of so Dak, Zeke, Amari Cooper, yep. along with – The offensive line. Very strong offensive line. Along with some pieces on defense, DeMarcus Lawrence, Byron Mm -hmm. Jones, which they'll have to figure out and see what they do with how they pay them. But I believe with those guys already there, and if they can get the contract situation worked out, I believe they can be off and running.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with that. And one thing that I heard was a complaint about McCarthy, and it's actually funny, I totally forgot that he had a year off. But Mm -hmm. in his year off, I heard that he had kind of gotten complacent at Green Bay, that he wasn't changing his offense anymore. He was kind of sticking with what worked in the past, and they didn't like that. They thought he was becoming complacent. He was becoming a little bit too comfortable. Do you think that moving into a new system, new city, obviously a huge market in America's team, do you think it's going to kind of reinvigorate him, and now that he's had this time off that he's going to come back refreshed and ready to go?
1: Yeah, I think with the Cowboys having the, the young players that they do on offense, especially you with know, Zeke, and Amari Cooper and you know Randall Cobb—he's not very young—but they have a lot of weapons. So, and I know uh, they're top five, and Dak Prescott was top five in passing this season. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But I do think they should use Zeke a little bit more because he is a really good running back, and they paid him a lot. Oh yeah. So I think if he brings, if he comes in and brings his new offensive style or whatever, and I don't know if Kellen Moore is coming back as the offensive coordinator. But I think they'll definitely get it figured out. And with the young players that they have on defense, you know, with yes. Van Deresh and Jalen Smith at linebacker, uh, Jordan Lewis at corner, I think they'll be uh, better than this year, let's say.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of upside for that team, especially after the year they've had this year, this season. But another coaching move now, Panthers finding a new head coach in Matt Rule from Baylor. And this was something that I saw coming, a lot of people saw coming, is this move to the pro But if you heard him talk on the uh, Pat McAfee show, he, I'm a very straightforward, very humble guy. Loved listening to him talk. But the emotional connection he had with that Baylor Bears team was something that I really loved to listen to. He said it was the hardest moment ever to go look look those guys in the face, the guys that he recruited, the guys that turned that program around, coming into Baylor. The program, he was 1-11. Baylor was 1-11 in 2016, and he had them at 11-1 and 1 in 2019 and winning some primetime bowl games. So for him to come in, recruit the guys that he wanted to cultivate and grow into that program and build that culture, to look them in the eyes and say, I'm leaving and I'm going to the NFL. But it really sounded like those guys were proud for him. They were proud for their coach, just like he'd be proud for them, and they knew that he was going to be there for them no matter what. But looking at the NFL and the business side of this, aside from the emotional connections, what do you think the biggest challenge is for any college football coach to coming into the NFL?
2: Um, personally, I think one of the biggest challenges is just dealing with the players because when you're in college and you're coaching college, you get to basically decide these kids that are coming into your programs, Like they, you can decide their lives, uh, like what time they get up, go to class, eat, lift, film, practice, all that. Whereas you, once you go in the NFL, these guys have been in football for Uh, a long time and plus most of them are getting paid a lot so you deal with almost a different beast in with what you're dealing with uh, every day when you're going through the facility and you know meetings training
0: 100 percent we've seen a lot of names get tossed up in there Um, Urban Meyer was actually in the conversation to go get the Dallas job but um, obviously that is not happening but I'm assuming that in the future that could be a possibility for more college coaches to make that jump I think it's more important that the college coaches have the connections, and they've worked with NFL minds at the college or pro level in the past, maybe like a bar or something like that, that they would be able to succeed sooner in the league. Not to say that a college coach couldn't come in and make an impact, but probably sometime more down the road once they become acclimated.
1: I think one of the uh, biggest challenges is probably dealing with the the money aspect, I guess you yeah. could say, because in college, you know, you're not being paid to play in college, right? You're just playing because you like football and it's because of your, it's your passion, you know, you're probably going to put in a little more effort uh, in college than you are in the pros, you know, because if you lose by 30 in college, it hurts. But if you lose, like, yeah. 30 in the pros, you can go home at the end of the day and say, man, I'm still making millions. I'm still getting paid. So it kind of takes it off a little bit. So, I mean, I guess the biggest challenge will probably be motivating the players after the – oh yeah. they, they had a rough season this year, but they do have Christian McCaffrey who's 99 overall in Madden. Oh, man. But He is torn the league apart. Now – Bouncing right off of this college coaching situation, let's
0: talk a little bit about the college football playoff. We are in the end game now. We have one-seed LSU versus third-seeded Clemson in the national championship on Monday. The game will be held in Mercedes-Benz Superdome and in New Orleans. And this is my one key for the game: LSU, New Orleans, not a whole lot of distance in between. I think this is going to be like a home game for LSU. And not only is it so close to LSU, and I'm obviously taking the Tigers. Go Tigers! <laughs> you know, but I'm taking the Tigers. But not only is this almost a home game for LSU, they've already played one game in this stadium. They played against Oklahoma. They routed Oklahoma. Very dominant fashion, if I do say so. But the game's in the same same
3: stadium?
1: Are you talking about... they they both
3: the Tigers. What was that?
1: Yeah, you're taking the... Yeah, i taking LSU. the yeah, Tigers. I'm taking the Tigers. Taking the Tigers. Tigers? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: did the, I, I did it in the Coach O voice. Right. That's LSU.
3: Oh, uh, no. It's got to be a little more raspy. Mercedes
1: I thought you were Benz. saying the, uh, Clemson they maybe. played Oklahoma in Mercedes-Benz, but that was... Uh, they did.
0: Yeah. They did. They played Oklahoma in Mercedes-Benz, I and now I thought they
1: played they over the in Atlanta. I thought no. so,
3: too, but this year they're...
0: They played in Mercedes-Benz, so that's what I'm saying. It's right. half the advantage to them, and for a college kid that could be easily overwhelmed in that kind of situation, it's, you know having that familiarity and already like, being accustomed to playing in this kind of venue. And, you know, for guys like a Joe Burrow or like big-time players for LSU, it doesn't seem to bother them, but you know in a big-time game like that, it's in the back of their minds. And I think for LSU, for them to have already played in this area and it's for it to be so close to home, that's just another advantage, another thing that's going to be on their side um, in this game. That's another reason why I'm taking LSU Tigers. Uh, what about you guys and your picks?
2: Uh, I feel personally that, like, I think – um. Both teams are, um, like matched. Like are like matched and uh, talent-wise, I believe both have really good quarterbacks and really good talent. Uh, like that the quarterback can thrive with. But I believe like LSU, like Coach O, I believe is one of probably the top coaches in the country for college football. Oh yeah. Because I mean, I just the way he presents himself and the way he like presents himself to the team and the way he motivates his team it's just like if you're a player like you almost won't run through a brick wall for coach O because of like what he like how he gets him going and like i believe it is like attitude and his demeanor all the time and uh, stories that i've heard from like joe burrow about how like he's just so locked in and focused uh in the facility and how he does day-to-day things i believe like lsu is probably i think my favorite i think the favorite going into into the national championship game
0: Yeah, and I totally get that. Um, You talk about the talent of both quarterbacks from both these teams, and one of the NFL uh, draft scouts actually said that Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence is the most NFL-ready quarterback he's ever seen come out of college. And for him to say that, I mean, I don't know who it is or what what his bias is, but that is a very bold statement by someone in the league right there. And we've seen that even though Clemson did not play the most – you know the toughest schedule this year. They still have gotten credit where credit is due because they've beaten big-time teams, most notably Ohio State in the semifinals. Great game for Clemson. The Tigers really showed out. And but going into this, do we think it's going to be an offensive shootout like a lot of people are predicting it? You know the over/under um, in you know wherever whoever bets on the sports. The over/under is very high. Right, And they're predicting this game to be an offensive shootout with not a lot of defense being played um, just because the offensive capabilities of both these teams are absolutely insane. So is that the the pace of the game that we see happening, or do we think it's going to be a more timely possession-based game?
1: I think it might be a little less of a shootout than it was against Oklahoma because uh, Clemson does have that really good defensive coordinator. I'm not sure what his name is, but he'll definitely have something cooked up for that LSU offense. Yeah. And I know uh, you're saying Trevor Lawrence is a uh, most NFL-ready quarterback. I think an interesting stat of his is that he's 29-0 uh, as a starter, yeah. if I'm not wrong. So he's never lost a game in college yet. So that definitely uh, puts a chip on their shoulder. 100%. And then I do have something to say about Joe Burrow. You know, everybody talks about how great he is whenever. I think more of his greatness comes from the rest of his team. Agreed. Because you know, I never really had a chance to watch them this season until last week. Or two weeks ago against yep. Oklahoma, and I realized like his offensive line is actually really good, insane, and his receivers obviously are insane a also. A lot of weapons. So they definitely help him a lot, help him out a lot there. Um, you know he gets to stand around in the pocket for eight seconds sometimes, and then throw a deep to Jefferson or uh, uh, Chase. Uh, yeah. 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 I so know what I'm talking about, yep. and they're usually w- wide, wide open, open, so that definitely helps a lot. But I still do think Joe Burrow is he's a good quarterback. Yo, he's very good, obviously, winning the Heisman
0: and you know coming off of that 63-28 route of Oklahoma, looking to cap off his Heisman-winning season with a national championship is something that obviously is his biggest goal right now. But like you're talking about, his weapons that surround him, that's almost more important than his play at times because you look at the defense of LSU, which hasn't had the most praise all season. Obviously, they're very solid, stout defense. But they come in, and that Oklahoma offense is what kept that team afloat. The Oklahoma offense is what kept that team winning games. And for them to come in and hold them to 28, it might not seem that impressive. But with Jalen Hurts, who's had the experience at a big-time program like Alabama, bringing in and adding to that already very strong culture at Oklahoma, with that prolific offense and them being able to hold them to under 30 points, that for me was pretty impressive. Because like you said, you know it didn't really become a shootout. Obviously, LSU scored the ball at will. And do I think they're going to be able to do that against Clemson? I don't think so. Not as easily. No, not as easily. I, th- no, no, as easily. Yeah. I think easy. they're going to drive down the field. I think it, a lot of it is going to be determined off that first drive. I don't think either team is going to come out kind of feeling out the opponent. I th- they're going to both come out swinging. And I think all the stops, no, they're not going to pull any stops. I think everything is coming out of the playbook this week, obviously, for both teams, and they have nothing to lose. Seniors, what?
3: underclassmen, whatever it is, I don't think these teams have anything to lose. So, you know, Coach Ho has never you know uh, coached in a, a title uh, game. So, do you think it's a, a little bit of a um, uh, advantage. advantage? Yeah, advantage to Davos Sweeney um, going off against you know Coach O. Obviously, uh, his first time uh, in a title. Do you think you know that might have an effect? You know, since Davos Sweeney knows how to you know work his way around.
1: Uh, I don't think it'd have that big of an effect. You know, because just because it's a title game doesn't change what's being played on the field. It's still football. Yeah. So, but I, I guess he he might have a little more experience dealing with certain situations. Yeah, and just uh, making sure his players are f- focused in, you know, because a lot of stuff's going on or going on around outside the game, too. So, you know, just keeping them focused on the actual game itself, and you know, it's just football.
0: Yeah, like Adam was talking about the coach O stories, like going to a restaurant that does not serve. Mm -hmm. Uh, crawfish and ordering 15 pounds of it for Joe Burrow to get him to go to LSU and just that kind of stuff has me rooting for Coach O and the LSU Tigers um, but unfortunately that's all the time we have today for cheap seats thank you all for tuning in and I will see you next time